Yahweh, we exalt you. Before the foundations of the earth, you freely offered up your life for us. When you walked this earth, you freely laid down your life for us, presenting us, your bride, with the dowry of all dowries of the blood covenant. And now, Yahweh, it is written that even now you live to intercede for us, that we would receive the fullness of salvation. And in this moment, you are praying for every person in this room. And out of your own mouth came the words, so holy, that whatever two or three agree upon in your name and in your will, you would do. Yahweh, we agree with what you're praying for one another tonight. Let it be done in accordance with your heart's desires in your name. Amen, amen, amen. There are some messages that speak to our head. There are some messages that speak to our heart. And then there are some messages that are designed to go directly into our spirit. That's the kind of message it is tonight. Not of the head, not of the heart, but of the spirit. And when Paul was writing the church at Philippi in chapter 2, verses 12, 13, and following, he said, now remember everything I've taught you, but work out your salvation with fear and trembling but not the kind of fear that you may think of. The picture in the Greek was the truth is embedded deep into your spirit. And with awe, that kind of fear, with awe and wonder and amazement and just trembling at the beauty of God, that that awe will push it out of your spirit, into your soul, your emotions, your personality, everything you've been through in life. And that awe and wonder will then flood it to your mind. And what you know in your spirit and your soul and your mind will connect. Today, I was thinking about tonight. And uh, Jesus said, I have a perfect analogy for your people tonight. So here it is. Um, most of you know that about a year and a half ago, uh, the Lord was very clear to buy this particular old home. It's 100 years old today, or not today, this year. Well, I had someone over checking something about two weeks ago, and they're down in the basement and they realized drip, drip, drip from some of the pipes. And, and then we started looking at the pipes, and it was quite unusual. I'm not a plumber, but even I knew something was not right. 
the person who owned the house before me was a real DIY guy. And he did a lot of things beautifully. He was an electrician. So we started following the plumbing in the basement. Here's an A-OK plumbing pipe, galvanized, you know, healthy diameter, good flow, good power of water. And then he used this little conjuncture to skinny it up to a pipe less than that. But it wasn't a galvanized pipe. It wasn't a plumbing pipe. It was an electrical pipe. And so we followed it, and you could see how the water flow would be. And then get this little electrical pipe. And I looked at him, and I said, is that why I've not had much water flow in my little clawfoot tub upstairs? And he said, yes, that's why. To him, it was A-OK. But we've done the same. We've done the same. We have some places where we, we have the right plumbing. And the Holy Spirit can just flow through us and meet us beautifully. But we all have places where we've DIY'd our own spiritual journey. And then we put in a little pipe that's comfortable for us. Or we put in a little pipe that, because they hurt me and they're not going to hurt me again. Or, oh, I don't know, it's got to be in my head. Everybody's pipes have a different name. But they don't belong where they are. And so the Holy Spirit's always ready to just, let me bless you with power of love and power of goodness and mercy and peace and healing and deliverance. And the flow starts and then it hits one of the places in us. So tomorrow morning, bright and early, I will have some gentlemen at my house to deconstruct all the plumbing in my basement. And then they will reconstruct it. And this afternoon, Jesus said, pray that tonight the people will let me deconstruct all their plumbing. That makes sense, everybody, with the analogy. See, I can say that because, you know, he deconstructs me all the time. So tonight, 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 it is one of those paradigms, and I'm speaking to your spirit tonight because this message is of the Holy Spirit, it's truth, and it will rewrite some of your hidden pipes by the power of his love. Genesis 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and called it holy. 
because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. It does not matter if you are Protestant, Catholic, Jew, historian, secular. There is a phrase you will hear, and it is the law of first mention. And it means the first time a word is used in scripture, that that is to set the foundation of its definition. This is the first time the word holy is used in scripture. And to God, holy was time set apart to love Adam and Eve and to rest with them. The root of holiness is love. The fruit is rest. Now you can look up all the different concordances and lexicons and they will say holy means set apart, separated. And sadly, we've almost assumed that holy meant it separated God from us. And at times, some of us have even inferred that holiness meant perfection. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Holy means set apart. And from the very beginning, God sets aside his sovereign perfection because he wants to meet with us. He sets aside all of time and says, whenever I'm with you, oh, that's holy. That's good. And he sets aside his agenda for universes and solar systems because for that moment, he's saying, I just want to be with you. I want you to rest with me, and I want to rest with you. This is holy to me. Holy is birthed in love. And it's set aside time to rest. There's a passage in Mark 1, verse 24. A demon is talking, but even demons can speak truth occasionally. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One. Even the demon knew. I know who you are, Jesus. Love has separated you. And you've come to earth to spend time with people and to show them the pathway to rest. I know who you are. And Jesus, John chapters 14 and 16 and on and on, said, I'm, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Holy. The Spirit who out of love has set himself apart from the Father and Son to spend time inside the muck and mire of you and me 
to teach us to rest. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Holy Spirit says, you, you're going to be a holy nation. You're going to just so fall in love with me that you're going to want to set aside your thoughts and your emotions and time to be with me. And you're going to be so sure of my love. You're going to rest. Holy is not perfection. And even when they were building the tabernacle, they kept saying, these are the holy things. These are the holy things that they talked about, the altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant and the menorah and on and on. But why were they called holy? Because everyone was set aside to reveal the love of God. And of his son to come. There's not a detail in the tabernacle that isn't saturated with love. Jesus said, I'm I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of rest. Hebrews 4 says, please. You literally get that sense in your heart when you read Hebrews 4. Please distrust anything that does not bring you to rest. Distrust it. I think we have a lot of pipes that lead us to disrest, but we think it's normal. And in Hebrews 4, he says, you know, a Sabbath rest is still available. For God has rested from his work. And so has the Son. He, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has set himself Apart to love, to love you, so that you could rise up and be in his image and rest. There is no way to be at rest in your mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit if you don't know that you know that you know that you know he loves you. And that he has no higher priority than just being with you. And it doesn't mean you got to always be in a prayer closet. It is that sense that he's closer to you than anything. In Colossians 3, 3, he says you're hidden in Christ. It means you're closer than skin on bone and bark on a tree. He loves. Holiness is the root of his love, where he has set aside his sovereignty, his perfection, to humbly, full of grace, meet you where you are. Because he loves you and he wants nothing more 
than to rest with you and to you be so sure of his love for you that you can't rest. That replumbs a lot of our soul and spirit right there. But he knows that resting does not come natural to us. I want to take a moment to just briefly tell you the seven different Greek words for the power of the Holy Spirit. Now realize something. This is for you. I'm not talking about ministering to others. right? That's very key. I am not talking about ministering to others. I'm talking about that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to rest with you. And he knows this doesn't come naturally. He gives us arc power that creates something out of nothing. It is purely an explosion of the loving creativity of God. It was ark power in Genesis. It was ark power when he overcame Mary and the embryo for Jesus was implanted. And there is ark power available to transform our personalities so that the only fingerprint on our personality is the loving Father's. Exousia, power to know his voice, decide and perform an action without hindrance. This is the authority and the divine ability to accomplish a task. When you're going, I don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit's going, I have a power for that. Rest. Rest. I have a power for that. Will you receive that? I can help you know what to do, give you the power to do it, and accomplish it with authority. It is the valiant, almighty, divine power to penetrate opposition. It is the divine strength to overpower supernatural forces. Jesus told the disciples in the Gospels, ask for this power, and he used this Greek word. Do you ever feel like you have for lack of a better word, warfare. Where you feel oppressed, feel down, feel like this. You feel like something's coming against or spinning in the atmosphere. And it robs your rest. There's a power to help you with that. Ditto my. Empowered to love others with the very love of God. It reveals the realistic character of love as a gift not a disposition of feeling or an act. It's the power given to martyrs. And martyrs aren't just those who die in the physical. Sometimes we're martyrs in our own home because we're called to love people and they just crush us. This is the power, first of all, to love yourself the way God loves you. 
can you rest? And then it's the power to love others the same way Jesus does. And when our pipes are all healed and hooked up, it just flows without wearing us out and leaving our hearts all bruised up. The next one is the transcending power of the magnificence and the majesty of God to lift huge loads. You can see mega as the prefix. It means there are huge loads that rob us of rest and receiving love, whether it's our self, our sin, our confusion. And it's like a power that just gets under you and it turbo boosts you out. And it lifts you out of the earth's atmosphere. And it allows you to be above the earth realm. And while the earth is spinning in tornadoes around you, you're seated in heavenly places. Restful. Restful. The next one. Energia. It is the divine, energizing, life-giving force that's working inside you. It pierces the darkness in the flesh. It's the power of freedom. It fills us with heavenly life force and healing. It is the quickening power of God. Now remember, talking about this power is for you personally. Yes, it is the power that flows through us when we pray for others and they get healed. But he's talking to you tonight. And our rest gets robbed if we're tired, if we're weary, if we're sick, if we're discouraged, if we feel like the life's been drawn out of us. He goes, I, I have a power for that. <sighs> Life be. Kratos, this is the seventh. It is the superior power of God to bring the final victory, to have eternal dominion over all, so that ultimate victory manifests in the earth. It is the power of more than a conqueror. Holy. In the very beginning, he said, I just love you and want to be with you. Will you set aside time to be with me? And, and I, I want you to rest with me so you can really know me. And Jesus comes and says, here, I've, I've laid out my life to heal you, replumb you of anything and everything that makes it hard for you to receive love and turn your brain off and rest. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, look, I know. I know the atmosphere of the earth gets saturated with ungodliness and fear and this and this and that. And I know sometimes you get that inside. And I have every power you need. I'm the Holy Spirit. I have been separated from the Father and Son to come spend time with you, to love you. So that you can rest. <clears throat> the 
He loves you. He just loves you. And this is holy. And scripture says, be holy as God is holy. It's all about love and rest, you see. That's what makes us one with him and one with one another, really. So many times, you know, we'll meet someone and we would have heard this and this and this about them and we meet them and we go, they're not at all like that. They were darling. Sometimes we've accepted a lot of pipes in our plumbing. God's this way, God's this way, God's that He's not at all like that. He's holy. He sets aside everything because all he wants to do is love you. And for you to receive that love so you can rest. Because when you're restful, you really see who he is. And you feel like he sees you. Holy is about receiving. Indeed, we all are mature people. We know we're called to minister, pray for others, etc. But freely you have received. Freely give. The deeper you can let him replumb you, quieter your mind is, more healed is your heart. You feel an authentic love for folks, and you actually begin to know Jesus in a way that few folks do. So, what you share is Sounds familiar, but yet it's different. Because you've rested with him. And even if you're having a horrible day and you're about ready to beat yourself up, just say, holy, he loves me and he wants to be with me. speak the truth. Holy. Is he holy are you? There is a passage in the first chapter of Zechariah where an angel has just become weary and disheartened and saying, oh God, when will you deliver Jerusalem? You see, angels get tired and weary too. Hold that thought. 
After this, I looked, and I beheld a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard speaking to me sounded like a trumpet. Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in the heavens like one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. And around the throne were rainbows that had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones and Seated on each throne was an elder, and they were clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. And around the throne there were flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne was a sea like glass. Around the throne on each side were four living creatures full of eyes. And the first living creature was like a lion, and the second an ox, and the third a man, and the fourth an eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them, with six wings, are full of eyes. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, Holy, Holy. the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And and whenever the living creatures gave him glory and honor and thanks, the 24 elders fell down before him, and they worshiped him, and they just cast their crowns before him and said, Worthy are you, Lord. And all throughout the book of Revelation, The living creatures are going, holy. And the angels are going, holy. God, we're not human. We weren't covered in the blood and you love us. And you've set aside time for even us, the living creatures and the angels to be with you. Holy is the Lord. Holy, you love us too. And the 24 elders are looking and watching the angelic host be in awe of God. That that he wants to be with them and he loves them. And the 24 elders are undone and they fall on their faces. And they throw their crowns like, what? Wake up, my soul. He loves me too. And all the most high God loves me and wants to be with me. He sets aside everything to shower with, with love so I can rest in his presence, be known and know him. And I become holy every time I set aside a thought. So it's loving to him. And every time I set aside a word to come out of my mouth that's loving to him, I'm holy with him. And every time I'm with a believer or a non-believer and my heart is moved in love, I'm holy because he and I are moving in the same set apart moment in time in love together. And it's holy. 
you are highly, highly beyond comprehension loved. And his greatest desire is that you're replumbed to know there's nothing higher than letting him love you until your mind and soul and everything is new and is full of rest and then you're a resting place for him and he reveals himself to you and, and then you just spill over to the rest of the world and, and the angels and the elders just holy. And all heaven is saying is, he's worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. Worship, and may he touch you.
sind so.